haven't heard before. Listen, man, I'm tired of the Christians who say stuff like, I just don't get fed at church anymore. Well, you big baby, feed yourself. When are you going to grow up? When are you going to grow up and become part of ministry and reaching out and feeding the babies like you're supposed to do? If my son Adam, big man Adam, came to me and said, why just not come into your house because you don't feed me anymore? Stay home then. Get your own food. You're a man. You're not a baby. If you're a baby, I'll get you a bottle. How would that look with Adam? Everybody knows Adam, right? Sitting here with a bottle. But honestly, that's what we've created in the church. We've created immaturity. You want the truth today, church? Now, we say we do. Some of you guys are cringing already. Just open your heart and let the Lord speak to you, okay? I'm not here to offend you or anything. That's not my... That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is just reach into you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let him teach you, okay? Be teachable. Brother Hagen, one of my great mentors, used to say, uh, be as smart as an old cow, eat the hay, and leave the sticks. Right? So eat the hay. If, this is sti- if there's a stick in here, don't eat it, duh. Right? We want the power of God. And I'm... I'm so excited about what God's been downloading into me. We, we go to Florida in the wintertime, and we're called snowbirds. I don't really like that term, but, you know, it's okay. They can call me anything they want. When I was, got saved in the 70s in the Jesus People movement, they called us Jesus freaks. And some people got offended at that. The, the Jesus freaks didn't. We didn't care. We're like, yeah, go ahead. You know, that's what I was, right? I was a Jesus freak. So we, we go to Florida, and we winter there just to get away from the cold weather. And uh, we have a really difficult time. We've had a really difficult time finding a church that we could just plug into. And you know why? Because we're spoiled by our church. And this is our church. People say, where do you go to church when I'm in Florida? And I say, my church is in Ohio. We go, we go to church because we need to go, we need to hook up with other believers, we need to get energized and get taught, so we go, but there's just something about home church, to me, it's special, it's just special to be here, and so we're glad we're here, my ministry's changed over the years, I went from senior, I'm proud of, I'm proud of you guys who stuck with us through all these years, because that was tough. So, right, Chuck, are you going to hassle me this whole service? Maybe, maybe. Do you remember the time you brought out a bottle of water to me? This was years ago, 15 years ago, and it had a goldfish in it. Whatever. Blaming is not good, Chuck. Blaming is bad. So anyway, um, the church is in, and I'm just going to be really honest and just forthright with you guys, open my heart and give you what I see right now in the, in the church. As God's just given me stuff, he should give you stuff too. 
a real lukewarmness in the church. And the word says that when you're lukewarm, you're neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. And I see that in the church today. Now, this is an individual gospel. We all get to accept Jesus individually, and we can live as hot or cold a life as we want to. But let me tell you this. The ball is in your court, and God put it there. He said, you have to decide this. You have to determine the direction you're going to go because the heavens are opened up. He has poured out his spirit. We'll talk more about that in a couple minutes. But he's given you the ability to walk with him. He's given you entrance into the throne room of grace, the Bible says. So you can go in there, and you don't go in there in pride, but you can go in the presence of God in time of need. And you can lay your need before the Father God yourself. You don't need a priest to, to do that for you. You are a priest. We are a kingdom of priests. That's what the scripture says. So we have access to the Father. You have access to the Father. It's up to you how you determine your own life, what the decisions you make. God doesn't make those decisions for you. You make those decisions. Okay? So listen to me, church. There is a, a great apostasy going on right now, which the Bible foretells. It says there'll be a great falling away. We know that to be true. We've seen that, right? We've seen it through the pandemic, and that was just the trigger. The trigger started the apostasy, and people fell away. Now, not, I'm not talking about church attendance, so just don't even get your mind on that. But that was a little part of it. People quit going to church. A lot of people quit praying. A lot of people watched CNN and, and, and Fox News and all that way more than they read their Bibles or studied or watched Christian videos way more. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm telling you the truth. Right? So what does that say about us? What does that say about the church? I mean, we've chosen the wrong direction. That's what it says. And I would say in a general sense, that's true. Now, there are specific little fires burning everywhere. And God's lighting people on fire right now. And Brother Hagin always used to say, if, if you catch on fire, people will show up just to watch you burn. Right? So... What I'm saying is there is an apostasy going on. It will probably continue to the end of the age till Jesus comes back. There will be an apostasy of people falling away from the Lord. But on the day of Pentecost, when God poured his spirit out in Jerusalem to the 120 in the upper room, and the, and the tongues of fire came down, and the Holy Spirit fell, and the whole city was in an uproar and changed. And thousands of people came into the kingdom of God in one day. Peter got up and he preached a message. You can look this up in Acts chapter 2. Because they asked him, what does all this mean? So Peter boldly, who was kind of the leader at that time, got up and said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days. Are we in the last days? 
Are we more in the last days than they were 2,000 years ago? I would say we're in the last of the last of the last days. Wouldn't you say that? So he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will have dreams. And on your handmaidens and so on. He said, I'll pour forth my spirit. So this is what God has presented to us in this last day. Of course, you can see it all through the Bible. Because the Bible says he always reserves himself a remnant. There's always a remnant of people that will follow God. Always. That will hook up with God. The story about Elijah and, and Jezebel and all that where Elijah, you know, challenged the prophets of Baal and, the, and they were all killed and the whole thing happened. You know, it was just really powerful. And then Jezebel spoke that she was going to kill Elijah and he ran. He ran away. He, he ran from a mad woman. Right? And God spoke to him and said, because he, he goes before the Lord and he says, I'm, you ever feel like the only one? He went to the Lord and said, I'm the only one. I'm the only one left. They've killed your prophets. They've torn down your altars. And it's me and me alone that's left. Poor old me. <laughs> and God said, I've reserved for myself 7,000 men. And that doesn't count the women and children. At that time, they didn't. Right? 7,000 who will not bow their knee to Baal. They won't bow down. I'm not bowing down. Amen. Can I offend you guys? Do you care? You shouldn't get offended anyways. You don't want offense to guide you. You want the Holy Spirit to guide you. So it's real easy to get offended. And everybody will back you right now because that's the popular thing to do. Get offended. What you do with your life is not up to God, it's up to you. We've already said that. But what you need to know further is that you are at a, you are at a choice, a place of choice, a place of direction. And let's say it like this. There's a remnant that God has called, and it's the outpouring of the Spirit. And let's say it's just right here. And then there's the apostasy that we hear so much about. You very rarely hear about the outpouring of the Spirit, but you hear about the apostasy. And it's here. You're right here. And you're, you want the outpouring of the Spirit? Or do you just want to backslide? Let me tell you this. Backsliding is easier. Right? Remember the scripture that says, narrow is the, great, the gate that leads to life. Broad's the way that leads to destruction. And it's easy. Just stop. You'll backslide. You have to go this way toward the Spirit of God and what He wants to do on purpose. Living your life purposefully for the Lord. Are you with me, you guys? So, where do we go from here? And what do we do? Because God has reached out multiple times in just my lifetime. And I've seen many, many, many times when he poured his spirit out in supernatural ways. Many times. 
But there's been small ones and big ones, and that's kind of the way God works. He, he brings a wave, and it starts to roll a little bit, and then it picks up steam, and it gets bigger and bigger, and pretty soon, it's massive. So a couple of them that I've gone through myself, one was uh, the Jesus People Movement, where back in the early 70s, right around 1970, it started to percolate, and then something happened and it all just busted loose. And I mean, all of us, we were all in the drug culture and all that stuff. And we couldn't see a way into the organized church. I th- at least I, got, I have to speak for myself. I couldn't see a way into the organized church. Because they wouldn't really take me the way I was. But God takes you the way you are, but then he changes you. He doesn't leave you that way. He changes you. And the church is very impatient with this. They think that, you know, if somebody comes forward and gets saved, they got to come in the door with a three-piece suit and a tie, and, you know, those days are gone forever. Right? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. But that's the way it was then. Honestly, it was. And we were just kind of like, you know, we were out on the streets and stuff, and we had long hair, and we smoked pot, and we, you know, snorted coke, and we did all this stuff. And people didn't want us till we got cleaned up. Well, you know it takes time to get cleaned up sometimes. It took me some time. And I didn't even know some of the stuff was wrong. I had wrong information about a lot of the stuff, and I just didn't know it was wrong. And so the church really didn't embrace us very well. So we just met in homes and parks, and that's what we did. And there were... Hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of us that came in the kingdom right there. God just ignited. I don't know if it happened in other countries. I just remember here. He just ignited this revival. We Bunches of us came into the kingdom. Stuff like the Bill Glass Crusades and, and Billy Graham and all that. And it started sweeping people into the kingdom. It was really powerful. And then there were several others in my lifetime. The charismatic movement was one. The Word of Faith movement was another one. The intercessory prayer movement. And they're just, they were movements. They were waves of the Spirit of God. Stuff that he was doing supernaturally. So how do we get that back, if you will? What do we do? We just came through a terrible time. I thought it was terrible. Maybe you thought it was fine. I didn't like it. Did you like the pandemic? I didn't. I just did not like it. I think I was a lot different than most people, but I still didn't like it. It didn't intimidate me. You know, I wasn't afraid of it. I didn't watch the news all the time. I did try to get news, but I didn't. I just didn't do that. I wanted something besides news on the pandemic. You know, that's just how I approached it. But I'd have to say it stopped the church cold. The church, generally speaking, I'm not talking about FCC, but the whole church in America. It stopped it cold. I worked construction for about two years when we first started Family Christian Center and right before that. And so um, I worked full time for a guy over, he's my brother in law, over at Columbus Grove. And uh, we would do drywall and and put up metal studs and stuff in mostly commercial buildings is what we've mostly worked on. But we, you get used to a job site, 
And so we, I came in this job site, and, and they had all these studs up, which I had set all those studs myself with other people's help. And you just walk through these job sites, through the walls and stuff, because there's no drywall on there. You can just walk right through it, right? So you go from one room to the other room to the other room. Well, one day, you know, I'm coming in, and I'm late for something I don't remember many years ago, and I'm trotting through, and I jumped to go through this wall. And I didn't know, I didn't look up, I was looking down like this, and I jumped, and they had put blocking up for cabinets. You know what I mean, right, Loy? And I never saw it. I never saw what hit me till I was laying on my back, bang, bang, looking up at that blocking. And what do you say? I mean, I'm bleeding from my nose and my mouth and all that. What do you do? What do you do in that case? What would you do? Tell me what you'd do. Get up. You get up. You don't lay there. Guess what? We hung every, every sheet of drywall in there. We set every stud. We did all the finish work. We got it done. What if I would have just hit that wall and laid there? We wouldn't have got, I wouldn't have been part of it. Call 911, get me out of here, right? You get up. This is something the church has got to learn to do. Get up. If life knocks you down, get up. Don't lay there. Life gave us a pretty big smack for the last couple years. Get up. Get up. Don't lay there. We got a job to do. But I'm bloody. Yeah, I know. But I'm hurt. Yeah, I know. How many of you know life is painful sometimes? It hurts, doesn't it? I've learned a long time ago, you just got to get up. You just can't lay there. When Paul was bitten in the book of Acts, he was bitten on the hand uh, by a viper and the Bible says that he shook it off into the fire. Now, Paul probably could have said, oh, my gosh, that was poison. I'm going to die. But he didn't. The Bible says he shook it off. And he suffered no harm. So we got this. We're coming out of this whole pandemic thing. What are we going to do? Let's shake it off. Let's shake it off, you guys. Don't let it control you. Stand up. You know what comes to my mind? I don't know if I can illustrate this or not. Have you ever seen that, that uh, painting of this giant wave that hits this lighthouse? And you can see the lighthouse. And this wave is splashed all around it. Did you ever see that? I think about, you know, if I was standing there, this is what I'd want it to do. If I'm standing there and this big wave, nasty wave, bad wave, not the wave of the spirit, but a bad wave hits that rock and hits me, whoosh, then it subsides, and I'm standing there. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. You're going to have to kill me. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. And I think that's why the I don't, that's why the pandemic didn't bother me like it did other people because 
I, was, I told my wife, I don't, have to, I don't even have to live through this. I'm good. So what is the answer, you guys? I don't want to just give you, you know, bad news. I want you to have good news, right? So let's put a bow on this, all right? Turn over to Galatians chapter 6 in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles. Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 6 and 7, or 7 and 8. 7 and 8. Galatians 6, 7 and 8. says this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, reap life everlasting. Then he says, do not grow weary while doing good. For in due season you'll reap if you don't faint. So he says, listen guys, don't be deceived about this because people are deceived about it or he wouldn't have to tell us. He wouldn't have to give us a command to not be deceived. Whatever we sow, that shall we also reap. Listen, this is a tough battle anyway. And if you're sowing seeds to the flesh, it makes it way worse, way tougher, way harder. Right? The Bible says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. How do we get that law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus? We sow to the spirit. Now we stand up here, you guys, and we say stuff like, you need to read the word. And you need to pray. Is that true or false? That is true. But there's a reason you read the word. And there's a reason you pray. Because you're sowing to the spirit. You're not just reading the Bible. Anybody can read the Bible. You want your faith to grow. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And the Bible says be strong and courageous. You know this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. You read the word to grow your faith so you can apply it to your life and be successful in the kingdom of God. You don't just read the word. Well, it's so boring. I don't want to read the word. It's boring. That's because you look at it as boring. If you looked at it like it's producing faith and producing life, it will. So to the Spirit. So to the Spirit. Same way with prayer. You know, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up by praying. Don't just pray. Now, it has to be a discipline sometime, right? Because it is hard sometimes. It's very hard. Prayer, the communication is the hardest part of existence. You know, if you're married, you know that. And prayer is communicating with God, and it's just kind of hard to do. But you just keep doing it. Why? Because it builds you up on your most holy faith. It creates an intimacy with God that you definitely want. It causes you to sow into the Spirit. What do you reap? Life. How many want life? Right? You see what I'm talking about? That's why praise and worship is so valuable. Like we had this praise and worship today. The power of God was here. He manifests his presence here. 
is so powerful. We don't do that just to have fun or listen to music. We do that because it creates an environment for the Holy Spirit to settle on us. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. He comes here. He shows up here. And the more we get into unity and the more we believe that, we're creating this environment for our God, our Father, the creator of the ends of the earth to come and sit here with us. His presence to be here with us. Think about that, you guys. So where's your faith? I mean, are, are you expecting him to come or do you just want to come and listen to the music? I mean, ask yourself that question. Right? So I got to wrap this up. I'm going to give you six things real quick. I'm just going to name them. Number one, depend on the power of, of the Spirit. We have to more and more depend on the power of the Spirit and not on the flesh. Right? We really want to see the kingdom of God come to pass. Number two, return to your disciplines. Prayer and, and, and the word are the two primary ones. It's like exercise and eating right if you want to lose weight. You know, you can go with the gimmicks on TV if you want. Guess what? It's going to boil down to exercise and eating right. Right? That's what it boils down to in the Christian life. The word and prayer. The Bible says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. Set your heart to seek the Lord. Before you leave today, set your heart to seek the Lord. I'm going to seek him. Number four, hang out with like-minded people. That'll change your life right there. You hang out with crazy people like us, you just get crazier. Right? Number five, take the Holy Spirit everywhere you go. Be conscious of his presence everywhere you go. And I'd say number six, be visible. Be a visible Christian. Don't be in God's secret service. Right? Be visible. Speak your faith. Um, I have to wrap up like I said, but, and I'm going to offend a whole bunch of people right now. But I think people have put their faith and trust in politics. And, of course, you want a good political system. And I vote, you know, and I try to find out the truth and stuff about things. But don't put your faith and trust in politics, you guys. You will be disappointed. It don't matter who gets elected. The Bible says some trust in chariots and some in horses. We remember the name of the Lord our God. So, in conclusion, I'd say this. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. He'll take care of you. Even if Jezebel's after you. He'll take care, he'll take care of you. He will. So bow your heads with me. Let's just go before the Lord and let him speak to us. I'm going to just ask you to open your heart up to him right now. And just let him speak to your heart. We need your help, Lord. Again, you know that. But we want to call upon you. Your word says if we cast our care upon you, you care for us, and you will take care of us. So today we cast our care on you and trust you, Father, to 
minister life. Thank you, Lord. Now, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to ask you, if you see in your life that you have been following the wrong thing, we could talk all day about that, I guess, and you want that to change today, you want to be part of the outpouring. I want to go the right direction. Just lift your hand up and put it right back down. Real quick. I just want to see change in my life. Awesome. 